Howdy, and welcome to the Friendship News Hour presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. Today is August the 2nd, 2022. My name is Frank, and his name is Alex. What's up, man? Welcome to August. It is August. August the 2nd, and today, I don't much follow the baseballs, but it looks like your team like had quite the shuffle, mm. as I understand mm. it. Indeed. Quite the shuffle, indeed. You know, it's funny. I was uh, training a new hire today. And um, mm. I asked him like first thing this morning because I knew some shit was going to go down one way or the other. So, hey, are you a baseball fan? He goes, ah, not really. I was like, oh, shit. Okay. So I had to like be like clever about how I was checking Twitter. Dude, I was checking Twitter like every five minutes. Just refreshing. Really? If I saw it, because I, I turn my notifications off, but I see the little little one on the Twitter icon. So every time I see it, I'm like, ooh, what is this? Uh, yeah. Ooh. Well, it was between the Dodgers, your arch enemy, and the Cardinals and the Padres to get Juan Soto. That was like the big the big news, correct? Yeah, so the Padres have been in play for, gosh, pretty much every big name that's been available in baseball since, I don't know, 2019, 2018, for a while, mm-hmm. man. They've been in on players for a while. And um, they tried to get Mookie Betts when he was available in 2020. No dice. Dodgers got him. They tried to get Max Scherzer last year, and one yep. of the big one of the big insiders for baseball even tweeted that the Padres were close to a deal only to see the rug pulled under us from the Dodgers. So this year there was understandably tempered expectations when it came to what the heck was going to happen with this trade deadline. But what the difference is between this year and any other year, basically in MLB history was that a player who had made the all-star game this year was available for a trade. And that never happens like almost ever, not to mention Juan Soto touted by most as a generational talent, the Ted Williams of his, of his time, if you will. Yeah. So he's available and the, and the Padres are in on him and, uh, there's rumors about, you know, who they're going to give up for him. And, um, like all the rumors came true. They gave up the entire farm. They traded away everybody to get Juan Soto, but Juan Soto is worth more than anybody that we traded right, right now. I mean, right now it it could be the case that this guy, James Wood, uh, outfielder that we drafted, I think this year, last year, uh, pans out to be like just some crazy, like awesome outfielder. But for right now, uh, Juan Soto is leaps and bounds better than any player that we traded. And then what I heard is that one of the guys that was traded, Eric Hosmer. Yeah. Fuck was, he has the power to, Turn, shut this down. Did he? Because he, he has a no trade clause in his contract. Did has he accepted or declined? Or yeah, anything? I mean, I say, hold on. I I I take that back about Eric Hosmer. He he's he's a player that's been quite frustrating since he's been with the Padres, and the only reason he's been frustrating is because we, we're paying him a fuck ton of money. I mean, like way way more money than he's worth. And gotcha. uh, so we overpaid him on this contract, and he underperformed the contract. So he kind of made fans a little bit salty in San Diego, but he's given us a lot of good years. And he was part of the transition, man. He like he bridged us from when we were really, really shitty to when we were, uh, you know, contenders, which has only been the past couple of years. But um, got to give a big shout out to Eric Hosmer because he he has kind of seen us through some some weird times. But yeah, he, like you mentioned, he did have a no trade no trade clause, but it was only uh, uh, specified teams, and Washington happened to be one of those teams. So the deal was going to go uh, through anyway. It just uh-huh. it, it was just like. Eric Hosmer had the chance to accept the trade as it was and go to the Nats or choose not to accept that trade. And then the Red Sox came in and picked him up because they were part of the, they were, they were not a team that was on his no trade clause. So um, regardless of what he chose, it oh. didn't matter that the trade would have gone through anyway. So, so that's what he did though. So he's a Red he's Sox. A, yeah. He's part of the, he's part of the Red Sox. And because oh. he chose that, we had to send our other first baseman, Luke Voigt to Washington. So Luke Voigt's now, um, 
a Washington National. We traded for him this offseason. You guys also made a move for a catcher, I saw. We made a move for another outfielder from the Reds. I don't know his name, but he hit 20, he's hit 20 jacks this year. And then we traded a triple A catcher or triple A infielder for a catcher who I don't know. Okay. And probably won't make an impact until, you know, late season call ups. Is this Josh Bell guy, first baseman? Is he going to play? Dude, that's a name that's getting kind of lost in this whole thing. Juan Soto, obviously, like the big name. But Josh Bell, a big name in his own right, an all-star this year, first baseman for the Nationals, now first baseman for the Padres. We weren't getting any offense out of our out of our first basements. I mean, Eric Hosmer started off the season really hot and then, you know, tailed off pretty nicely. But even like our DH, uh, we weren't getting any. You know, it's, it's the designated hitter, and uh, they hadn't hit shit. So yeah. moves needed to be made. We also traded yesterday for a closer, Josh Hader, who has been struggling a little bit this year, but traditionally he's like the best closer in the game when he's on. Oh, wow. So we traded for one. him. Ton of moves, man. So how are you feeling? You're, <sighs> you're a lifelong Padres Dude, fan. You are. It sucks because it's like uh, now the pressure's on, right? Like there's no excuse. Mm-hmm. You got, we got to win. Mm-hmm. Like anything, yeah. anything less than like uh, I think NL championship right now is like kind of kind of a bummer. If we go out in the in the divisional round or the wild card round, can you beat the Dodgers as this new team is? And and once Tatis comes back, uh, are you feeling good? Uh, I don't know, dude. Probably feeling not. better. Probably not. No, probably not. I, I, you don't get past the Dodgers just by by trading talent. You know, it, it takes a lot to win in October, and so yeah. Juan Soto has won a World Series, and to my with knowledge, he's stick, the only. Right? Yeah, with the Nats. Okay. He's the only player on our roster that has won a World Series. After Eric Hosmer left, he won a, he won a series with the Royals. The Dodgers, I mean, they won that Mickey Mouse World Series in 2020, whatever. Um, but they're in the playoffs all the time. They're either in the World Series or they're in the Championship Series. I mean, they're in deep in the playoffs every year. So they know how to win in October. Dave Roberts, manager of the Dodgers, knows how to win in October. It's going to yeah. be really, really tough to get past the Dodgers. Really tough. I want to see Padres Yankees in this in the World Series. I don't want to see that. <laughs> Last time the Padres in the World Series, they got swept by the Yankees, who, no, who really oh, have no. arguably the best World Series team to ever exist. And this year, the Yankees are on pace to be like the most winningest team in MLB history. So it would just be poetic justice if if the Padres went and played the Yankees and got swept in the World Series. Oh, I mean, I'll take whatever I, I can get, that. you know. Get just get there. Get get there and so, we'll okay, see. Okay, so then if they beat the Dodgers in the National in the NL like and lose in the World Series, would you still like feel good about the season and like look forward to your core of Tatis and Machado and Soto going forward? Yeah, man. I think that's the most exciting part of today is that for this year and next year and the year after. Yeah. So we have Soto for two more years. So for mm-hmm. at least this year and two more years, we have the those three core hitters. We have Musgrove locked up for five years. Yeah, I feel great. I feel great. I mean, the Padres are going to have a, a really, really good team, conceivably like the next like five to eight years, but really in the short term, like the next three seasons are going to be yeah, was say, tremendous. You still have Darvish and Snell. Yeah, and all those guys years, are going right? to be optioned either this year or next year. So there's going to okay. be some decisions made. And um, the one thing that's frustrating is that we know that Juan Soto had declined the max offer the Nationals had offered him in the uh, hopes of testing the open market. And the reason you do that is because you can get more money if you 
go to free agency and somebody can sign you for more, you get like a hometown discount if you're the home team and you can you can extend the player. So the Nats tried to extend him. He declined oh. the offer. That's why they traded him because they knew that he would, didn't want to stay in Washington. They, he wanted to test the market. So they said, well, fuck that. We're just going to get as much worth as we can for him. And they got all the worth they could. I mean, really, I don't know how they could have made a better trade. The Padres gave away CJ Abrams, who was their number one prospect. Uh, Mackenzie Gore was a number one pitching prospect. Uh, Robert Hassel, who was like their like their uh, the like best prospect in the minors. James Wood, who's touted as like one of the better prospects in all of baseball, and then Eric Hosmer and Luke Voigt. So the Padres gave up a a lot, dude. They gave up yeah, a, ton a ton to get Juan Soto. But that's what you do for somebody like Juan Soto. You give up a ton. So that's the thing, dude. Pressure's on. Pressure's on. And there are at least two teams that are much better than the Padres right now: the Dodgers and the Yankees. Yeah. So we'll see, man. Well, I'm excited though. I, make it to October, man. That's all I care about. Make it to the playoffs. Yeah, let's, right. let's see how it goes. Tatis is yeah, coming, coming back, up, man. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be a fun couple months of baseball for sure. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Sorry to our fans that are not baseball fans, uh, but I saw that news Frick today. Off. I, I don't I care just, if you're not even baseball. <laughs> Go Padres. It's huge day for the Padres, man. Yeah, and I'm I'm becoming a Padres fan myself, man. I I even got the uh, notifications on my phone from like Bleacher Report. Oh, no kidding. One of my teams. Yeah, way I can stay in on your guys's happiness. Hey, man, it's cool. I saw a TikTok. You know what? Let me see if I can pull this up. Can you play TikToks on the web? You can. It's a weird interface, but you can. I'll just describe it. It was just talking about like all the lean years of being a Padres fan, which are most of the Padres years in existence, yeah. but like especially years between like 2010 and 2019, basically 10, 10 straight years of just purely shit baseball. And they were showing like Will Venable and we had the worst jerseys imaginable to the, the Padres jerseys were like practice jerseys. It was so bad. And it was just a bad yeah. product on the field. This is like your childhood? No, well, no, my watched? childhood was filled with as much disappointment as, as they had recently. <laughs> but but within that, my childhood, there were three seasons that were actually really good. Just 98 when they went to the World Series. 2005, yeah. they won the NL West and they went 500. And then 2006, they won the NL West. And uh, both of those years, 05 and 06, they got, uh, they, they got beat by the Cardinals. And the Cardinals ended oh. up ended up going on to win the world series in 06. 05 was the year the white Sox won it but yeah other than that dude there was one season where they had a winning record Be between the years of 2007 and 2019 there was one season where they had a winning record and they lost they missed the playoffs by one game i mean hey i can share in your disappointment sports wise we all know this yeah for sure <laughs> which i'm pumped about because hard knock starts in a week and uh it's all about the lions this year is it really yeah, we're the uh, team. So. What a snooze fest. Jesus Christ. Hard <laughs> knocks in Detroit. We're turning the I'd ship around, I'd rather see the Bengals baby. for the third time. God bless. <laughs> what is we're there to talk the about? Turning the ship around. You know, breaking the cycle of terribleness for the last <laughs> a whole time we've been a franchise. <laughs> Let's win five games this year, guys. Let's win five. <laughs> the last time we won an NFL championship, bro, was in 1948. That's no. not okay, dude. I think we've been to the playoffs like two times since then. That's fuck. It's terrible. You also terrible. have. Um, I think. I think one of the most impressive distinctions in all of NFL. <laughs> it's a winless season. <laughs> to me, that's harder than going undefeated. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and what we did it, and the Browns did it recently too, right? They went. I went sixteen. No. No. Did they? No. I'm pretty sure they won a game. Let's see here. Let's go to the Google. Dude. I might be Browns wrong. Browns go 0-16. I think they might have won like one. 
That was Hugh Jackson's years. Yeah, it was Hugh Jackson. In 2017, they became the first franchise in NFL history to have multiple and consecutive seasons with 15 or more losses. Hey. And they went, yeah, they went 0-16 in 2017. That's the, that's the kind of thing that will make you trade for Deshaun Watson. Dude, I, they still made out fine in that in that whole situation, I think. Dude, they gave him a crazy fuck ton of money. fine. Are you kidding me? Only six Dude, games? Do you want to hear the punishment on Deshaun Watson versus other NFL stars over the years? Yes, and I want to get your opinion on his punishment. I want to talk about that for a sec. Let me detail here what Deshaun Watson is even accused of. Uh, There's a lot of confusion around it. So Deshaun Watson has been accused by uh, more than 20 women, inappropriate sexual advances at, at, at a minimum, and, and sexual harassment um, at, uh, you know, at, at its worst. They're all massage therapists. Exclusively a massage therapist. So over 20 women have accused him of, of some form of sexual harassment, but he received massages. Listen to this shit. He received massages from at least 66 different women in a 17 month period. Got fucks. Dude, let that sink in for a second. When have you done anything 66 different times? The same thing. 66 different times. That's like playing 66 different golf courses in a 17-month period. You can't do that. You, I, I, I challenge you to find 66 different golf courses and play them within 17 months. You can't do it. This guy oh did had, had 66 different women give him a massage. So roughly 22, 24 of them. I don't even know what the number's at right now. It just keeps climbing. They have uh, accused him of sexual harassment. They filed, I think, a class action suit, and and I could be getting this wrong. So so uh, excuse me if I if I get the the details you know uh, slightly incorrect. But a, a grand jury decided not to uh, indict him on any criminal charges, and I think there's still some civil lawsuits that could be going away, or maybe he settled with them. I don't know. Yeah, there 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 are several cases, and so he 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 might he might have to settle out of court and give these women some money. But anyway, the, the Browns uh, traded for him in the offseason, and he just got a six-game suspension from the league for violating its conduct policy. Um, this is a segment on the uh, silliness and arbitrariness of NFL's personal conduct policy. Ben Roethlisberger was suspended for six games for uh, the alleged rape of a 20-year-old college student in uh, Georgia. In a letter to Ben Roethlisberger from Roger Goodell, uh, while, re- while he recognized no criminal charges were filed, Goodell said, quote, nothing about your conduct can remotely be described as admirable, responsible, or consistent with either the values of the league or expectations of our fans. So this was just one woman that accused Ben Roethlisberger of sexual misconduct, um, well, rape, really, but, but just one woman, six games. Ray Rice, you all remember Ray Rice. Ray Rice was suspended for two weeks for being accused of domestic abuse by his wife, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. His fiance, excuse me. He fucking smacked the shit out of her in an elevator. Yeah, yeah so it was on one video. week into the season, a video surfaced of him uh, punching his fiance and dragging her unconscious body out of an elevator. Uh, he was immediately cut and suspended indefinitely by the NFL. And then Roger Goodell later said that he admitted he didn't, quote, get it right. Yeah, I'd say Raj. <laughs> uh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady was suspended for four games uh, ahead of the 2016 season for his role in Deflategate, which took place in the 2014 playoffs. So four games for Tom Brady for allegedly deflating games below their limit. Ezekiel Elliott 
was also suspended six games in 2017 after his ex-girlfriend accused him of domestic violence in Ohio. Again, one woman. DeAndre Hopkins tested positive for Osterine. You are allowed in the NFL a blood uh, level of Osterine of 0.100. DeAndre Hopkins had a level of Osterine in his blood of 0.134. Six-game suspension for DeAndre Hopkins. Calvin Ridley was suspended an entire football season because he put $1,500 on a parlay of NFL games that he did not play in. That's some bullshit. Dude, the most. And then Robert Kraft, who uh, got sec- uh, caught um, having sex with presumably sex slaves. <laughs> That's not fair to Robert Kraft. He was he was caught having sex at a massage parlor in, uh, in Florida, I think. Yeah, in Florida. And uh, nothing happened to him. Not even a slap on the wrist. So you wanted my opinion on Deshaun Watson's suspension. I think it's horseshit. I think a minimum of a year was in order. Two years probably would have done the trick. And he got six games. And I think it's horseshit. I think it's terrible. And, and uh, uh, real quick, Trevor Bauer has been, uh, Trevor Bauer, a pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers, was accused of like basically donkey punching a girl he was having sex with. And so she, <laughs> like legit, like that's what it was. Yeah, I know. No criminal charges. Uh, uh, the criminal charges that were, were pressed against him have been dropped. And they're trying to pursue him for some some civil uh, lawsuits for some money. He's been suspended for two years by the MLB. For two mm-hmm. years. So, okay. So, I'm a little surprised. I, I'm surprised we disagree on this a little bit. I, I think this suspension is horseshit, but in the other way. I, I don't think he should be suspended any games, especially with what was just kind of revealed and what you just mentioned with Robert Kraft. Nothing happened to him. They have proof of it that it happened, and all charges were dropped by the 4th District in Florida. And the video was was set to be destroyed by the judge's order. So this dude paid off somebody high up. This dude was literally paying for sex and got caught doing it. Everything else you just said, Ben Roethlisberger, Ray Rice, all these people, these are all violent offenders. These are, you know, or rape is involved. That isn't the case here. Like, this is misconduct, but it is in no way violent in any of the claims by any of these people. There's there's some talk in some of these about forced blowjobs, I think. But like nothing is held up in court. He hasn't been found guilty of any of this. He settled with a ton of these girls. So, you know, to me, it kind of sounds like they're trying maybe to go after the money. Like as far as this has been documented throughout this whole thing, it has almost all been consensual acts. Whether it's it's part of their conduct policy or not. That's very gray with the NFL, but I don't know if this warrants any suspensions given the track record the NFL has had. And to me, it's just like they're trying to make an example of him. Okay, I'm not justifying what he did, but it's like this is for sure the biggest suspension for any nonviolent sexual misconduct ever in the league, ever in the NFL. It is a lot of people. I, I understand that. It's a lot of accusations, but nothing is really held up in court and it's been settled. So if Robert Kraft can settle his disputes and get the fuck out of there, when he gets caught like paying for prostitution, I, I don't see the difference. Mm, I, 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 that's just me I personally. I, I, this all sounds like it was pretty consensual. So at the end of the day, it's like if these girls wanted to get paid more money, he had the money to do it and wanted to get jerked off or whatever. What's the problem? I, I really don't understand. You could go to Vegas and do this completely legally and, and you have no problems. But it's like, uh, I just yeah, don't, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't understand. Look, I, in order for me to come to that conclusion, I do have to make stories up in my head, right? Like I, I have to, I have to put myself in, in, in the facts and then I have to 
bridge those facts to some logical conclusion where he he did something that he wasn't supposed to. Sure, but it wasn't egregious enough that any of the women wanted to pursue criminal charges after they got offered their check. So what does that really tell you? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, dude. Look, look, I'm going to read it again. (laughs) This man received massages from at least, so at a minimum, 66 different women in a year and a half. I'm not justifying what he did. At the the very least, this guy's a creep. Okay. He is a creep. Now sure. here's the movie I'm playing in my head. And follow me if you th- <laughs> if you think you can you can follow along here, right? He hires some unknown massage therapist, probably 21, 22, probably smoking hot. <laughs> okay, he doesn't get massages at at a at the Texans facility, although they they have been complicit in bringing him different massage therapists. But he probably brings him up to his 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 condo or his room or whatever. Gets ready for this massage. Pops a boner, probably pops a pill, and then pops a boner, and then says, hey, you want to touch it? And that's Deshaun fucking Watson. That's a two-time national champion. Sure, yeah. A decision was made by that massage therapist to do it, though, bro. I'm not, uh, all I'm saying know, is no, dude. I don't n- know, nothing dude. that I've heard, no reports I've Put heard. Put yourself in that, okay, listen, this is still a movie. Point to a Ben Roethlisberger situation. This is still a movie, okay? This isn't real. <laughs> okay. But put yourself in that girl's position for a second. No, I'm not. You're giving a massage to Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. This isn't nobody. This is Deshaun Watson. And if you know who Deshaun Watson is, then you're going to feel a little bit of pressure if he pops a boner right in front of you. Now, can you say no? Yeah, of course you can say no. Of course. But, but Deshaun Watson's offering you his penis. You know what I mean? And and let's say she says no. I don't know, man. Let's say she says no. And then he says, come on. I know you want to. I'm Deshaun Watson. I'm not justifying the behavior. I'm saying there's no precedent in the NFL before, and they've been very hit or miss with what they've enforced. To have this be, I, I don't know, it's a big number of people, I, I guess. I just, when you're not found criminally guilty for anything, what are they pursuing? To like me, Ray Rice obviously assaulted his yeah, wife. Yeah, ben Roethlisberger sure. had guards standing outside a door in order to rape. Like, these are egregious things that they were found guilty for in court. But when he settles in court and they're, it's it's pretty much dead, why is the NFL, in this case, it wasn't even, the, like, it, it was the NFL going after him in this case because they had a third-party judge like make this decision and the NFL just kept bringing them information. So it was literally like the NFL was going after this dude, which I really wonder, would they do that if this was like a Tom Brady or like, I hate to do this, but like any like white big superstar. No, I, I really don't think they would, bro. And that's Robert Kraft mm, is perfect maybe. evidence of that, bro. Well, Robert Kraft's an owner and that's different. How is that different though? Well, cause he's not a player. First of all, but he he broke the law in Florida and yeah, and did. paid to get out of it. He paid to have the video destroyed, bro. Yeah, well, I, I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> with you. I'm not disagreeing with you, but he's not a player, so I don't think that it really it really matters in this in this instance because we're not talking about we're not Aren't talking about the, the NFL conduct policy is, is well. No, I'm not. Listen, I'm I'm not, I'm not I'm not saying like in a you know outside of the uh, the vacuum of the NFL that it's okay. I'm just saying he's not a player, right? right. And so you don't you don't punish players the same way that you would punish a you know an owner and we've seen that in the nba i mean uh, donald sterling was probably a flaming racist but i don't know that he said anything that crazy not enough to get his team taken away from you know what i mean it's it's all very it's all very subjective when it comes to that level right like at that point it's basically all just politics and it's robert Kraft for christ's sake i mean you know what are you gonna do take Kraft's team away from him (laughs) come on you're gonna be that guy because he got his, because yeah. he got a little tug on. I'm just saying that wasn't Robert Kraft's first time paying for sex. I'm almost positive. You know what I'm saying? But how the great dude has, be, has the money old man and power. Just wanted to go for it. You know, just fuck <laughs> it. Gets I don't caught care. instantly. I'm not having. I haven't but, had sex with my wife in 20 years. 
if this is Tom Brady, bro, I don't think they're they're doing that. I think I don't once, know. Look, once you it would be settled, something. they'd be you, like, okay, if there's no criminal charges, what are we pursuing here? You got to do something because the NFL is not anymore this, uh, you know, this this rough, tough league of you know anything goes they they are very much a socially conscious uh, organization now and so mm-hmm. if 66 different women are giving this guy a massage and <laughs> one third just, one just third of those women are coming out and say this guy assaulted me something has to happen by the nfl even if it's not a criminal investigation they have to quote hold their players to a higher yeah. standard right it, and it's bullshit we know it's bullshit because like you said ben roethlisberger Ben Roethlisberger did some crazy shit, and Tom Brady got suspended for four games because of the the air in the football. Gate. For Christ's yeah. sake, mm-hmm. that equated to four games worth of of suspensions. Ezekiel Elliott was suspended the same amount of games as was uh, DeAndre Hopkins. They both did two crazy different things, and they were suspended the exact same amount of time. So, uh, to me, and, and like. This is the NFL. The NFL screwed up by doing this in the first place because there's absolutely no way that you can be this arbiter of, of behavior, right? Ezekiel Elliott getting getting accused for domestic violence by an ex girlfriend should not equate to the same punishment as as DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you know, taking a minuscule amount of uh, a substance that that he wasn't supposed to as as portrayed by the nfl i mean it's just like that's where the nfl kind of like loses a lot of people because it's like all right well you're going to do this and none of it's going to make sense it's it's not going to it's not going to be uniform throughout any one situation and now you have now you have this you have uh deshaun watson getting a six game suspension and and i agree with you for what why I'm just saying, yeah, if criminally he wasn't found guilty, what what are we talking about? Exactly. And if you're going to go off the same model that you're going to suspend Ezekiel Elliott and DeAndre Hopkins for, then in this case, you should probably suspend him a lot more than if one woman were to come to you and accuse you of sexual assault. Or in the NFL's case, you could read it like it doesn't matter how many women accuse you of sexual assault. If you're not convicted uh, in in any uh, uh, meaningful manner in a court, then you get six games regardless. One woman or 24 women, doesn't matter. Which to me makes more sense because like that court, I think probably looked into it and had more facts to base their opinion off of and probably a jury to like get to a a conclusion. Whereas the NFL hires this third party person and then it's like, it's not, they, they take the blame away from themselves, but still at the end of the day, like, well, you know, we we made the right social move. So you're going to defend Bill Cosby? Bill Cosby didn't come to <laughs> I'm obviously fucking with you. Bill Cosby's situation is completely different. We know he did it. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know, man. It's just, I, it's it's so hard to be that person. I don't envy uh, uh, Roger Goodell at all. I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be in the position where people are, are debating whether or not I gave somebody a harsh enough sentence for uh, allegedly uh, assaulting women. Like, come on, man. Like, it's, I don't yeah. know. I don't yeah. know. I, I do think he's a sleazeball, and, and I think anybody in Cleveland is right to hate the fact that he's on their team. Cleveland took a huge gamble, though, bro, because they guaranteed his entire contract. So mm-hmm. if he would have got suspended for two years, they're paying this dude $100 million a year or whatever for nothing. So right. he took a huge risk. It paid off. He comes back maybe. in October, I think, is what it is. Yeah, Some, maybe. Sometime maybe in he October. sucks. Maybe he sucks. I don't know. He was pretty fucking good, though. I, I don't. He's on a better team now than he was in Houston. Yeah, I just think it's crazy that Trevor Bauer got suspended for as long as he did by Major League Baseball. 
But so that's the thing. When you bring violence into it, you know what I'm saying? You violence don't like a little is, violence is, in your sex, Al? You don't like a little <laughs> no, docky saying, punch every now and then? I'm saying violence is what like breaks the conduct policy. I don't know, man. If there's per, no dislocated like, jaw involved, I don't want it. <laughs> that's just me. I don't know. Um, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, like, dude, I don't know. Like fucking, you know. I'm trying to play lines, you know, like if you, it is, it's blurred lines and I'm trying to play devil's advocate and just kind of like push back on your argument, but then you keep coming back to 66 and it's like, I can't, that's a big number to argue with. Over Dude, it's months. outrageous. When I read that, I was like, okay, for sure. This, this guy is an ass. 66. <laughs> yeah, that's compulsive, it, bro. That's just compulsive yeah. behavior. He, they, no. they, it's just a thrill to get off on and he's using women for it. You know, it's like, no. dude, if you're Deshaun Watson, just go get some tail, bro. Just go get some ass. You're Deshaun Watson. You know what? Yeah, there's a story. I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, Tiger Woods was hanging out with Michael Jordan and uh, at a club or something. And I think Jared Jeter was there. And uh, Tiger was asking Michael, like, how, how do you like, how do you pull these women? And he just was like, tell them you're fucking Tiger Woods. You know, that's all you got to do. And Deshaun Watson. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. But, yeah. but, but you get a little thrill, you know, maybe that doesn't work anymore. Maybe you used up all that, yeah, all that right. capital exactly. in college that Deshaun Watson shit doesn't get you off anymore. So you, you gotta, you know, you gotta be compulsively sexually weird. And look, dude, like I don't, I don't care. He gets off on on massage therapist if if it's all consensual. I will certainly entertain the fact that all of these women found it. Like you do sixty six of anything in that short amount of time, there's going to be a trend, and people are going to find out, right? So, so he was an idiot to do it like that. That's what I'm saying. Find five that you know give a good hand job and are discreet. Are there sixty six massage therapists <laughs> in Houston? I don't know. You know what yeah, I mean? Right, like that's a right. lot of massage therapists, bro. I, I know Just Houston's a big city, but in. Christ. <laughs> So I don't know. Look, I, it's it's so tricky, and and I, part of me really does want to stand up for him and be like, "Hey, nothing happened in court," you know. So you could take your sob story, you could throw it somewhere else, but the facts of the story definitely paint a different picture. And I'm willing to admit that I have to bridge some gaps in order to get to the conclusion that I'm getting to, but I don't feel like the bridges are that long. <laughs> and there's a lot of bridges. <laughs> Quite. A few. I don't know if you've ever been to Pittsburgh, but there's hella bridges that sur uh, surround that city, and they're all yellow. Think of 67 bridges that are all around the city. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, let's get to uh, some real real news, man. Let's that, do it. There's some crazy shit going on. You are a, a former consumer of uh, nicotine products, yeah? I don't want to oh, out yeah. you or nothing, but you used to yeah. smoke cigarettes, didn't you? Quite a bit. Probably about a pack a day for a good few, three wow, years. Pack a day. Three, four years. Yeah, gross. Crazy. What what uh, what made you quit? My now wife. But she said she didn't want to date a smoker, and I thought she was... A swell gal and and worth quitting for and turned out to be true so yeah that's what got me to quit nice wasn't easy yeah oh, i'm sure it wasn't it's it's a it's an addictive substance for a reason there's a uh, an article by a gentleman named michael monahan and uh he he writes in 2017 after an adulthood of joyful and guiltless tobacco consumption i abruptly quit smoking this was an improbable outcome I rather enjoyed smoking and rarely made threats to give it up. But having seen enough friends and family members die with a vigorous assist from Big Tobacco, I decided that upon publication of a book review in the Wall Street Journal in which I praised an obscure German writer's memoir of nicotine addiction and reluctant abstinence, I would try my hand at Teutonic discipline and finally ditch the smokes. I don't have anything wrong with cigarettes, really. I, you know, at much to the chagrin of my girlfriend, I love cigarettes, dude. <laughs> oh, I do. And like, I'm not a fiend. I don't need to like go to the like store and like buy a pack. But if I had a couple and I'm out with some friends and we're outside and somebody pulls out a pack of cigarettes, I will smoke one. 
just yeah. guaranteed. I love it. Yeah, or on occasion, let me get it, let me hit get a couple hits. But dude, t- I don't know, man. Once once I stop smoking, like for years when i'm sober and shit the smell of it is gross mm, to me yeah, now bro like it, it like sickens me but you are right sometimes when you're like kind of tipsy and you just want dude there's something about that butt like you're drunk and you got mm. that that whatever but then you hit that cigarette get a little tobacco and just like that it's not a high it's not a low yeah. it's just fucking level it's just it is, it levels uh, you out bro so yeah, I know what you're talking about. To put it as eloquently as um, Peter Griffin, cigarettes after sex is like putting your dick asleep in a pillow. <laughs> um, it's true. But what's this guy talking about? But anyways, he goes on in this article. Way back in 1995, Cornell professor Richard Klein, author of Cigarettes Are Sublime, pointed out that different humans might desire different out- life outcomes, but, quote, healthism in America has sought to make longevity the principal measure of a good life, end quote. But longevity sounded pretty good to me. The day my Wall Street Journal review was published, the postman showed up with a package from the San Francisco-based electronic cigarette manufacturer Juul, a buffet of flavored nicotine pods branded with a promise to wean me off toxic combustible cigarettes. I haven't had a single cigarette since. But now, five years later, I'm sulking around Manhattan's Canal Street, finding my nicotine fix at a windowless shop owned by enterprising immigrants ready to sell me illegal nicotine products. That's because in 2019, New York State prohibited the sale of flavored electronic cigarettes because the argument went, kids love tasty things and adults don't. The New York law emboldened prohibitionists at the FDA, who on June 23rd ruled that while traditional cigarettes with all of their carcinogenic promise are still available to adults, Juul was to be shut down by government fiat. Incompetent bureaucrats, moralizing politicians, dubious scientific claims, frequent invocations of, quote, the kids. The government's war on Juul has been a perfect storm of regulatory overreach, despite any available evidence suggesting that Juul will kill Americans with the alacricity. Let's look that word up. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Alacricity. That's a fun word. It is. Alacricity, cheerful willingness or eagerness. Despite any available evidence suggesting that Juul would kill Americans with the alacricity of marble lights, beginning in 2018, the FDA attacked the company with a bizarre single-mindedness, as did various state attorney generals. The allegation was that flavored vaping products were hooking a new generation of kids who would have otherwise gone to church, done yoga, and drank wheatgrass smoothies. It's the oldest Puritan trick in the book. If you want to ban something, claim that you seek its uh, abolition is in the interest of, quote, the children. It worked. In 2019, the company voluntarily stopped selling flavored vaping products, pushing me towards surreal interactions with dealers promising for an unreasonable fee access to bootleg mango jewel pods. Strangely, banning a product enjoyed by millions didn't make it go away. The evidence of the harm done by Juul's products is scant, especially when compared to the high, highly toxic combustible cigarettes. But the anti-Juul moral panic was given an assist by meaty Puritans who wrote countless nearly, countless nearly identical stories, often in nearly identical language, who amplified every shoddy study com- claiming vaping might be as bad as smoking, many of which who have been ably debunked by Dr. Michael Siegel of Tufts University Medical School. It became something of a requirement for reporters to describe the device as being, quote, cool, resembling USB drive, and warning that students were ensnared by kid-friendly flavors like, wait for it, cucumber. It was a coolness that could only be imagined by horribly uncool journalists. One could hardly imagine Keith Richards, who looks surprisingly cool when hacking up and wheezing his way through guitar solo, smoke dangling from his lower lip, exhaling plumes of vegetable-flavored glycol vapor drawn from a flashing memory stick. 
so I just, I thought this article was crazy interesting because I don't smoke cigarettes like that. I've never needed a nicotine substitute, but this person did and it helped him quit smoking. And for reasons that he can't find, the government has stopped what seems to be a safer alternative to smoking cigarettes. I think people look ridiculous while they do it, but if it helps them stop smoking, who the hell cares? <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I can't, that's like, a I, good I can't point. Why are we reason. attacking this over cigarettes? You know? You know, just because it's flavored, I guess. You know, I, I see their argument. It's a valid argument, but it looks like tobacco is trying to push out the person cutting into the, the competition. Yeah, yeah, I would right. say so. I would yeah. say so. And old money tobacco mm -hmm. yep. probably has the means to do so. You ever see the movie? Thank you for smoking. I never saw it. No, dude, that's your homework for the next week. Check that movie out. You're on the road. Okay. Right. I'll watch it tonight. It's great movie. Right on. Loosely related. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> well, I just, I just thought this was crazy interesting. It's like if, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to find like an equivalent, like, like if we found a equally, uh, tasty yet much more healthy substitute for say French fries, right? Sweet potato fries. There you go. But sweet potato fries. Did you know that the skin of sweet potato fries is addictive or whatever? I don't know. Gives you cholesterol well, it's sweeter. or some bullshit. It's for the kids. It's sweeter. Yeah. Too it's much sugar in those. <laughs> Yeah, like or some like some like bullshit argument. Like I love that part where they're like where they said uh, the allegation was that flavored vaping products were hooking a new generation of kids who would have otherwise gone to church, done yoga, and drank wheatgrass smoothies. It's so true. Like, what do you think these kids are gonna do? They're just gonna find something else. And you know what's right. way more accessible than jewels? Hmm. Meth. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say way more. I'm not more saying accessible. it's a like for like <laughs> situation. I'm not saying because you're not smoking a jewel, you're gonna smoke meth. I'm just saying you're gonna find something because you're a fucking kid. You want to do what you can. I don't know if I, way more accessible might not be the best terminology because you can't walk into 7-Eleven and be like, "Can I get some meth, please?" Dude, I guarantee you, I'm in I, I I'm in American Canyon, California right now, which is just uh, just south of Napa, California. I guarantee you. In some portion of this land, I can go in a 7-Eleven and just as easily buy crack as I can buy a Slurpee. <laughs> that's and that's not exaggeration. I that's should make concerning. a case study of that. <laughs> that's, how, that's how bad it's gotten, dude. That's how bad it's gotten. Oakland, California. Yeah. I was in Oakland two weeks ago. I walked through the streets of downtown. I've never been to downtown Oakland in my life. I used to live in the Bay Area. Never been to downtown Oakland. I walked through downtown Oakland. I was scared for my fucking life, Al. Really? I was scared for my ever-living life. I've never been scared, dude. I've always been on alert, but I'm a big dude. I can handle my own, right? I'm not packing or nothing, but like I, I feel confident when I walk down the street. I've never been scared. I was terrified. So standing next to me, when I see you're not scared at all, even a little bit. Next to you? I'm a wild card, Frank. I don't know, man. I feel like I dwarf you in appearance. <laughs> I feel like I make you look minuscule and small. I feel like I make you reflect the inside on the oh, outside. I feel differently. I feel very different. <laughs> Uh, uh, but anyway, so if, yes, that's that's crazy. And to recap, go watch. Thank you for smoking, please. The cast is insane. Aaron Eckhart, Katie Holmes, Rob Lowe, Sam Elliott, William Macy, J.K. Simmons. You have you have to see this movie because it's literally Rob Aaron Lowe, Eckhart huh? is like the head of Big Tobacco, and it's about him like spinning it in the modern age, trying to like circumvent rules and shit to like make tobacco cool goes through that whole thing. It, it's really interesting. I always thought that Thank You for Smoking was a documentary. No, it's like a, it's a comedy. It's like a satire comedy kind of thing. Ah, I did not. Definitely watch it. I'd really like to know what you think about it. Yeah, for sure. I will. Okay, I have a question for you. Or, or did you have anything else on that one? No. Okay. I, I am perplexed because I don't know what the fuck our current administration is doing right now, but it seems like they're poking and prodding and pushing all the buttons they need to to send us to another world war. 
Are you talking about Taiwan? Yeah, bro. Yeah. I don't I don't understand what so what we're talking about is and what I'm kind of referencing before is, you know, obviously all the Ukraine shit and we've been involved for years, the Bidens especially, and, and you know, we're there that's a still a shit show. But it's looking like Russia's in some trouble, but who who knows? Who knows? But today, for the first time in like twenty five years, we send our highest ranking US official to Taiwan, which is a country that China still considers like part of their territory that the rest of the world doesn't really recognize as that. And China went as far, while Nancy Pelosi and, and others were on this like little circuit that they've been doing over there, went as far to say like, do not go to Taiwan. Like they they made it very clear, like we will see this as a threat, blah, 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 blah. And she touched down a few hours ago. She's in Taiwan meeting with whoever. So it's just like, to me, it's like, why? What, what are we doing? Like we're, we keep doing these things. And, and then as a response to this, North Korea says that they stand with China in seeing this as an act of aggression. So it's like in the past year, one administration has gone and pissed off Russia, China, and North Korea, who could easily squat up. They're all right next to each other. And and we're back in a world war. And this time, bro, like it's gonna get nuclear one way or the other when when we talk about the next big war. It, it's a really famous quote. It's I know not what the next war will be fought with, but I know World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones. And mm. that is so fucking true, man. Cause I, I feel like we just keep inching towards this and we just keep pissing off more and more people that are very aligned with each other and i just don't understand it do you know why she's there before i answer this is the people's republic of china in response to nancy pelosi uh coming to taiwan so it's showing soldiers running through the woods battleships fighter planes people swimming under the sea submarines jesus just showing by land, sea, or air, we're gonna fuck you up. Yeah, we don't need to watch all this. It's a recruitment video for the for the Chinese military. But the but the tweet is from a, a Chinese government official. He says, "This is the People's Liberation Army, the guardian of the Chinese people for 95 years, who will not sit idly by when it comes to the safeguarding of national sovereignty and territorial integrity." Um, I don't particularly have an issue with Nancy Pelosi going uh, to Taiwan and 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 really because she had set out her travel plans and then China had come out and said you better not touch down in Taiwan so makes sense that we show a little bit of strength and said nah fuck you we're gonna go to Taiwan the reason she went to Taiwan is because she's a crooked old bag who uh, has incredible interests in a whole bunch of different uh, uh, companies via stock trading and in particular uh, chip manufacturers and the most chip manufacturers happen to reside in taiwan but that's only because the i think it's like the five or six biggest chip plants in china all mysteriously burned down last year frank which i think there's a chance we might have had a, some fucking hand in because we didn't want to keep getting all our shit from china and we wanted to go with someone we more ally with which is taiwan who also has huge manufacturing plants. This is the first I'm hearing of this. Really? Yeah, it's the first I'm hearing of it. And to be honest with you, I would be surprised if we had uh, the, the competency to pull something like that off. <laughs> I really would. I mean, that I mean, sounds we pulled 9-11 away. off, Frank. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I'm just saying, I, I just, to me, and once again, it's like Ukraine, neighboring nation, highly contested border. And it's like, here we are. We're the United States. We're fucking, let's do it. It's geopolitics, man. It's, it's a, like I said before, it's a theater. Okay. So you mm -hmm. have to act. 
And yeah, yeah. it's it's not it's not any secret that China holds uh, Taiwan in um, the highest regards in terms of conquering them as a people and taking over their natural resources and their leverage uh, and their manufacturing and everything that Taiwan uh, is about. The United States has also previously, up until this week, uh, when I, I forget which government official says that we uh, basically don't stand with Taiwan and their pursuit of sovereignty has supported Taiwan in their pursuit of of sovereignty. So uh, Nancy Pelosi makes this trip, presumably because we are in a chip shortage and we are having one heck of a time getting the electronic uh, processors that we need to run uh, our country. And I can attest to this being in the uh, EV charging world. It is very hard to get product right now. Like the bigger products about six months, you know, lead time, which in, in, in previous uh, times, it's been about, uh, you know, eight weeks tops. We can get it out. And same in my industry. It's been like that since COVID started, like chips rule everything. And price increases up because product that used to cost $3 now costs 300 So presumably this is why Nancy Pelosi is going to Taiwan. This is my question though, Frank. Last week or two weeks ago, her husband or her whoever sold off a shit millions of dollars worth of stock in MasterCard mm. to then go and invest in NVIDIA, which is a chip manufacturer, a, a computer company. And now that that's the person we're sending over there to go and talk about chips on top of the fact that it's the highest ranking U.S. official in Taiwan in over 25 years. I, it just it, it, it seems too somewhat planned out and perfect to to further their own whatever they're trying to do and make themselves money blah 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 blah, blah but also like to piss off this huge nation that has is very capable much more capable than russia i would say or as capable i suppose we should be grateful that nothing happened because she did touch down and 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 yeah the the, the government the, the government and and the, the chinese military did sit idly by and they're, they're they're claiming that there's going to be some retribution for this presumably when when pelosi and and the american delegates leave taiwan um but but it was uh, former President Harry Truman that said the only way that you get rich in politics is if you're a crook. <laughs> yeah. And Nancy Pelosi is a crook. For sure. She's yes. rotten to her core. It's blatantly obvious. And she's using her position of power and leverage to get filthy rich. And um, I never saw it as like a big, uh, as a, really as a, as a big threat. It, it, it would be something incredibly petty for uh, the Chinese government to actually show uh, signs of, of, of real aggression towards uh, any, any uh, for sure. uh, American uh, delegate visiting Taiwan. And, and to be quite honest with you, because they came out with it after they had learned of uh, Pelosi's itinerary, and the only reason they learned about it is because it was leaked. So it was just going to be a trip that they went to Taiwan and left, and they weren't going to tell anyone about it. Uh, mm. But but it was leaked to the Chinese government. So after it was leaked, it would be a show of supreme weakness if we decided to not go to Taiwan. Yeah. It, I mean, it just would. Supposedly, they took a three and a half hour detour around China too, around the to South avoid. China Sea, so that they didn't, yeah. so they didn't risk the, the the chance of getting shot down. So it it shows that at least we respect their power and and respect their ability to fire on anybody who infringes on on territory that they've claimed is theirs right because they've claimed it's theirs it's 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 the sea but they put some man-made islands and said okay now it's ours because these are our islands so uh i i, I really don't care to be honest with you, i really don't uh, so uh you don't think we're poking the bear over I and over think again that while China is capable and is our biggest threat, I also think that they get way too much credit. You think so? I absolutely do. Even as aligned as they are with North Korea and Russia, like as oh, yeah. that superpower. Oh, absolutely. Is. Really? You think we would wipe them out with the helps of what England? Like, who is our other? It wouldn't come to that. Military. It wouldn't come. You don't to think that. so? No you way. don't think we'll ever be in a war with those three nations? 
I don't say I wouldn't say ever. Um, I wouldn't say it's ever, but very possible. I, I'll take America and our allies over anyone. I'm not saying it's gonna be. I'm not saying it's gonna be cool. I'm not. I'm not like welcoming it. Like, come on, China. No way. But what I'm saying is that if China does want to make history, they can do so at any time. And if they're just looking for an excuse, I think we would know that, and we wouldn't be so provocative as to give them an excuse to go to war. They don't want to go to war right now. They have a zero COVID policy, bro. This president, uh, Xi Jinping, is consolidating power just like Putin did a couple of years ago. He's putting cronies in different uh, uh, higher up positions, which is always a recipe for disaster when you are a dictator. And the zero COVID policy is really, really bringing down the Chinese economy. And so I think that there's a whole lot of irrational things going on in China right now. And I think that we give them way too much credit for the, for what they've built on the backs of, uh, you know, slave labor and on the backs of uh, propped up currency and of manipulation and of all the things that make up a communist dictatorship. And I think those house of cards will come down sooner or later. I have faith that China is, 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 is a little bit more hollow than we give that beast to, to uh, credit to be. Okay. Yes. Like, yes, all of that for sure. But when I'm saying we're going to war with these people, I don't think it's going to be like a long fought out war on the battlefield where we're sticking by some kind of code of whatever to fight. Like all that shit you just said about China and even Russia, like that shit doesn't matter when the people that have their finger on the nuke button have their finger on the nuke button. If Putin wanted to cause damage, like he would end Russia, but he could end the USA that quickly. And China, you know what I'm saying? Like this isn't going to be a war. I don't think where it'd be like years and years and years. I could be really fucking quick. Mm. And my guess is that they would strike first and wipe out a huge chunk of our country uh, if they wanted to. Yeah, I disagree. Really? Yeah, I disagree. You think we have enough like nuclear defense systems in place to prevent? I don't. I don't know anything about our defense systems for it. I'm sure they don't publish it. But I, I don't either. Um, and and this could just be me being purely ignorant and naive. In a long war, we'd fuck them up. I totally agree with you. If it was like something where we we're like, okay, we're not nuking, but we're going to fucking fight with all of our other technologies. We would win that. We have more of a backbone and many more allies, but in a fuck you, I'm going to nuke you situation. I don't know if anyone has an advantage there, bro. I think like, mutually assured destruction has caused so much complications in geopolitical battles that it's impossible for one side to even remotely calculate or predict what's going to happen if they decide to uh, jump off the deep end. Now, if we're just talking about an irrational, unhinged person who's just thinking like, hey, scorched earth, I'm going to go down in, in, in a blaze of glory all the, uh, to, to, to kill all blazes of glory, then that's a lone actor. And and th- that, that seems to flame out pretty quickly. I... I'm not saying like I'm 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 not I'm not like I don't respect who these these nations are and the weapons that they have. What I'm saying is that it would have to be the biggest like suicide in world history because you're not only sure. not only are you like killing yourself and your nation, but you're killing yourself and your nation for a century at least. Listen, these guys, Russia, China, they play a long game. Okay. Mm-hmm. They are far more focused on the longevity of their nation than are Americans. Americans give a fuck. We're, we're worried about right now. Okay. True. Yeah. If you were to go and drop a nuke, if you were to be the aggressor in that situation, not only would your country be destroyed, but whatever, what, whatever effect your attack had on your enemy would then be shown to you tenfold and not mm-hmm. just immediately, but you would never be able to have a military again. You would never be able to own nuclear weapons again. Your country would be 
shut off from the rest of the world and none of your leadership would be trusted ever again with any sort of military might. And the world would make sure of that because that's a, that's a proper reaction. And we have enough allies to assure that that doesn't happen. Now, if that happens, what can we do? Yeah. It just, it just scares me when it's like us poking the bear and the, the bear that we're poking is the combined force of Vladimir Putin, Kim Jong-un, and Xi Jinping. It's just like, I don't know, dude. Yeah, I, I just men. feel like, what's the, what's the point? Send someone that's not Nancy Pelosi, the highest ranking person we've sent there in a quarter century. Send somebody else to, to do that. Like, why do you why do you have to like... Nope, fuck them. It's we're, like you're no, going out of your em. way. We're America. Fuck them. <laughs> Look at this. That's who we are. Show me yours. That, honestly, dude, that's what it is. It's just it's just a show of brute force. Yeah. It's petty. It's fifth grade bullshit. I'm not worried about it. And, and I'm not saying don't hear me say that I'm not worried about China because China is something to worry about. And and mm-hmm. I think if they wanted to, they can and are currently dismantling us from the inside out. And I think Russia yeah. is also doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. I think I think that they have infiltrated our culture and society enough to where we have debased, if, if, if only for a short while, so that they can get ahead. I, I believe that's true. I don't believe that they have any intention of any sort of war with the United States, long or short, because it would be, it would just, it would be, you would have to win it and you would have to make sure that you could win it. Mm-hmm. No, one, no one's winning a war against the United States. Not a war of might. No way. Not going to happen. You excited for that new Christopher Nolan movie? Which one is it? Oppenheimer, about the man that uh, invented the atomic bomb. Oh fuck! It's gonna it's gonna be good, bro. It's gonna be really good. Imagine being that guy. <sighs> good night, dude. I was. Do you ever listen to Hardcore History? Uh, every, yeah, you've told me to. I've caught a couple of them. You've you've raved about them, to me before. His his uh, his series on World War One is just unbelievable. Really? Dude, yeah, we listen to it. It's crazy. What ended World War One? Actually, I'm trying to think about this. Like when? Like legitimately, did... a human meat grinder. Really? Yeah, it was just so much death and bloodshed and disease and chemical weapons and just the worst trench warfare ever. And we just grinded. We just grinded down Eastern Europe and hmm. and Germany and Germany uh, lost. I've never thought about that, but because you know, obviously, everyone knows how World War Two ended. Yeah, but it's like I, I never have. I know how World War One started, dude. It's, but I don't know how it ended. It's uh, it's a tremendous listen. If and and you got to have a, like a strong stomach for it because it is not for the weak of heart. It's crazy mm-hmm. shit. Trench warfare was no joke, man. Yeah, but he did do a series on the Pacific in World War Two, mm-hmm. and that was no less uh, uh, brutal. But then he got to talking about. Um, dropping the atomic bonds on Nagasaki and Hiroshima. And when he talks about it, dude, it's just, I don't know, man. It's like takes your breath away. You, you, you just sit there stunned, silent, jaw gaping, mm-hmm. eyes wide open, just thinking about it. I mean, the way he, he goes into, into description about it, and I, I will never be able to do it justice. But the one thing that got to me was, you know, he, he goes, imagine an area uh, like the size of Phoenix, right? And now think about it being gone. He goes, don't like, don't think about 60,000 people dead instantly, but think of an entire city wiped from the face of the earth in a matter of seconds, Mm -hmm. hospitals and schools and grocery stores and markets and homes and apartments and bathhouses and churches and state houses, city halls, playgrounds, bars, hotels, hospitals, in an instant, boom, all gone, right from the face of the earth. It's the most incredible thing I've ever listened to. And then he gives um, 
eyewitness accounts of it. And it's just, oh, dude, it chills you to your bone. It's the most ridiculous shit ever. I couldn't be, I could imagine being the person responsible for creating that first one. Right. Yeah. And that's what this is all about. It goes to like the Manhattan Project and then like what became of him or like how he felt after seeing his work, you know, his like life's work mm-hmm. in action. So it looks, I mean, obviously Christopher Nolan's like probably my favorite director. So I'm excited just in general for another one of his movies, but he made it, he makes really shitty Batman movies. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Do you think, just in, in looking at our history and looking at, at World War II, do you think that like the dropping of those bombs was was justified to actually end that war? You know, and, and to cement like, don't fuck with us, like this is the end? Or do you do you think we kind of paint our history to you know, to make ourselves look better? than what we actually did. Cause as you just, as you described it to me, it's like, you think about all the kids and the families and the hospitals and like all these fucking people that we just like, fuck you. Yeah. I need more, you know, I need more wine for that question. I don't know how you justify it. Cause it's like, we were going through a crazy war in the Pacific and, and all through like the mountains and Iwo Jima and just all this shit where it was just crazy warfare. I would recommend we had um, never seen before. I would recommend listening to that series on the Pacific. Um, should, yeah. and, and the only reason I recommend it is because it paints the entire picture from, from start to finish, like before the war, the lead up to Pearl Harbor, the war itself, all the battles, all the, all the things that the Americans did, uh, MacArthur leaving, um, the Philippines, um, all like all of it, it covers all of it. And then obviously the crescendo is, is the, the, the atomic bombing. It's a question that should be debated for the rest of history because there yeah. are really, really great arguments for both sides. The argument against it is that obviously the the large scale uh, destruction of of a population and the unleashing of a weapon that we don't know really what it would do. Japan was not going to win this war. The war was over before we bombed both of these of, of these cities. The it question just gone was, on much longer. Yes, the question was how many more Americans are worth the end of this war? Because Japan was ready to fight to the last to, their last soldier. to the last yeah. drop of blood. And this mm. whole series actually starts with that premise. The fact mm. that they found a World War II soldier in the jungle of Japan in 1970. Oh, who still right. thought that the war was going on. Yeah. And so they, they start with that. That's how, that's how they jump the series off. They're like, these guys didn't give a fuck about anything other than the homeland. I just watched for the first time The Last Samurai uh, this weekend. Mm. And, and, and through this through this podcast or through this podcast with with uh, Dan Carlin and Hardcore History, you know you learn about the Japanese just how fearsome and, and brutal of soldiers they are. And you watch The Last Samurai and you understand like shame and honor is such a different concept for these people, right? Uh, any one Japanese soldier who had gone through the the Japanese military uh, machine was ready to kill themselves before they were surrendered. Any single one of them. That was just the culture. So we knew that because we had fought a bloody war with them for about four years. So we knew exactly what they were prepared to do. And then when we knew what they were prepared to do, we bombed the shit out of Tokyo. And I mean the shit out of Tokyo. We killed so many people in Tokyo. Innocent men, women, and children in Tokyo. We killed them dead and a lot of them. And even still, the emperor would not cede. He wouldn't do it. He saw that hundreds of thousands dead. Sorry, not going to do it. And so you could make the argument that the American hand was forced, right? We're in war. We're in total war. We have this weapon. We have the ability to drop it. We have given them warnings. We have shown them that we are willing to kill tens of thousands of their civilians in order for them to surrender. And their only, their only option, 
the entire war, the only option that they ever had on the table, that we ever had, excuse me, is total surrender. So you could make the case that the United States was the reason that Japan wouldn't surrender because we pushed them in that corner and they said, all right, well, if it's, if it's, you know, if it's all or nothing, then give us all of it, motherfucker. We're going down with this ship. We don't care. You're going to give us those, those parameters. Fine. All or nothing. That's what we're going to take. So you could make the case that the, the United States was the entire reason that Japan was forced in the position they were forced into. Japan didn't really know that we had these atomic bombs. Do you think if Germany keeps holding out, we'd nuke Germany, Berlin? No. Because to me, it's like, I feel like we feared Hitler though. Yeah. You know, know, and and once Hitler was out of the equation, I think we're like, let's fucking end I don't know that we really even feared feared Hitler. I mean, I'm sure we did for for a short time. Mm -hmm. But I I think anybody with an objective lens at Hitler in World War II could see that he was way in over his head. Mm -hmm. He took way too many bites. As as soon as he opened up a front, an eastern front against Russia, I think everybody in the world kind of knew, all right, this guy's a fucking lunatic. And Mm -hmm. they're going to lose in grand fashion because there's no way you can fight a war against the West and the East. And the reason that they lost probably was because they fought Russia. Can we please do a fucking series on World War II? We should. It's my favorite subject of all time. I'm, really? I'm barely, I'm barely a dad, and it's my favorite subject. Of all time. <laughs> I've been, I'd love I've been to. enamored with World War II. I took a World War II class when I was a freshman in college. Yeah, it's like an advanced history class. I love. See, yeah, I'm and I'm a Civil War guy because that my grandpa that was his shit. We went to Gettysburg when I was a kid, Fredericksburg, all these places, and I, I've always been enamored with that. And I've I've always liked World War II, but I would love to like really dive into it if it's like a four or five part series mm-hmm. or something that we do. Where I would love to do that. That'd be love great. To. But anyway, uh, it, it's not a clear cut answer. If we yeah. were justified in doing it. But I think, look, whether or not we're justified in doing it, we did it, right? So it's like, can you channel that energy into blaming the United States for all those deaths? Yeah, you could. Or can you channel that energy? And I think we've done this with Japan. I mean, we, we are now allies with Japan. I think it's actually an incredible thing that we're allies with Japan, right? Like, think yeah, about it. that's true. Yeah. We're, like, we're allies with Germany, but like we're like tight with Japan. And that's crazy to me. But we also helped them rebuild their country well, we after we did, we did, we did all did. that yeah. shit. And so we, and we, had, a, we, we have military bases in Germany and we have military bases in, in Japan and, and yeah. you know, that helps. But, but I think the main question is, was the show of mass destruction from one weapon enough for us to never do it again? I hope so. And, I, and obviously it's held up mm-hmm. uh, until, until it doesn't. And, and who knows? Maybe it will forever. And maybe, maybe the everlasting story of, of, of humans is that we had a limit and we reached it and we understood it and we never went there again. Maybe that's the lasting story of America. I think that'd be beautiful. I do. I think it's beautiful now that we haven't, you know. So I, I heard somewhere that like owning, owning nukes is like not even like that great because you can never use them. You just maintain them. <laughs> You know, like, it's just, it's just whatever. Like, it's just kind of boring. You know, you just have a bunch of nukes and you'll never use them. You don't need them till you need them, I guess. But yeah, what are we going to do with the hundreds of nukes we have? Like when people are making all that big fuss about Obama getting rid of nukes, it's like, we still have like two to 300 nukes. I think it's enough. (laughs) I think we're good. We're saving them for uh, uh, Bruce Willis and an asteroid. (laughs) All right. Well, I mean, speaking of Bruce Willis, that's an American hero right there. Think that if you could drink coffee and also donate a dollar to Bruce Willis, would you do it, Frank? No, Bruce Willis does not need my dollar. Okay. Well, I would personally, especially if he was trying to save the world. Uh, and our sponsor, Gunbarrel Coffee, tries to do just that. They're proud to donate $1 from every item purchased to veterans and first responder charities all across our country. The way they do this is that they offer 14 different blends, which you can get in the whole bean ground or single serve pods. And as a friend of our ship, you can use the promo code FNH10, and that'll allow you to save 10% at checkout when you buy their products at gunbarrelcoffee.com. That's promo code FNH10. 
Gun Barrel Coffee, damn good coffee, damn good cause. Here, here. Here, here. Uh, go ahead and uh, reach out to us however you'd like on Twitter at uh, FriendshipNH, on Instagram and TikTok, same handle, Friendship News Hour, and you can send us an email, bummerdude.media at gmail.com. That's bummerdude.media at gmail.com, and we'll see you next time.